This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Head on over to patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast and subscribe today. Fans, founders, and insiders like you help us keep the Run, Eat, Drink podcast going. And we thank you for your support. Hi, this is Chef Art Smith right here from Homecoming and we're the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Okay, all you runners out there, I used to be a runner, ran two marathons. And a bunch of what are you half marathons, whatever. Keep running, keep eating. Thank you. Welcome to the Run Eat Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country, and after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Welcome to the Runny Drink Podcast. This is episode 123, and I am your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. One, two, three. It, it's easy. That... No, okay, I'm not going to sing that. We're going to get sued. And no. Gonna, people are going to turn I off. I was like, what song are you? There's it's no... episode one, two, three. Oh, well, we can't sing that because we don't have the copyright to it. I can't sing it because I have no talent I have, or ability. I have no musical ability whatsoever. None. So we're just so welcome to episode 123. <laughs> we're going to talk because that's what we do best. You don't want to hear us sing. No. Ever. Ever. And if you. I just proved that. If you ever wanted to hear me sing, then just. Ask me about my nightmare of the 12 days of Christmas karaoke. <laughs> Negative. Be, we'll have to do a special episode for that. Thinking of Christmas. You can, you can reenact it for so us. It, no, that would be like the least downloaded episode ever. <laughs> ever. So that's just, I'm thinking of Christmas. It's cool. It's because it's so hot here. And we have... Made it through yet another week of training, we despite did. the weather. We met the challenge, and we completed another Run Disney Virtual 5K in honor of Space Mountain. We're going to talk about today. Woohoo! And one place provided amazing food and beverage for this episode. It did, and in, in a time when, when travel is. Few and far between. Yes, for We us. decided to do some exploration of a nearby town here in Southwest Florida. We mm-hmm. took about a 40-minute drive up to Punta Gorda, which yes. is about 90 minutes south of Tampa mm-hmm. on the Gulf Coast of Florida. Mm-hmm. It's a, a town right on the water, and we did our running right on the water, and we, we did. did our eating and drinking right near the water. Near the water and some amazing southern food. I mean... Emphasis on the southern part. I mean, you know, at Disney... There is Disney Springs and there is Chef Art Smith's Homecoming. But in Punta Gorda, after your run Disney Virtual 5K, if you can't have Homecoming, have Leroy's Southern Kitchen and Bar. Yes, and this place is taking Southern food oh. to the next level and making some Southern-inspired cocktails. So... 
We have a lot oh, to talk about. So when it gets down to the eating good. and drinking portion. But even our run was yeah. a, a, an exploration and an adventure of sorts. Yes, and we hope that your running week and your running weekend f- found you combating the heat and maybe taking us along on your run. We are so happy to have you with us for this episode, really. We really I mean, are. There are, I, we are a, tra- a running podcast, a travel podcast for runners, if you will. Yes. And we have not been able to travel. It's been difficult. <laughs> and so many people have reached out and said, hey, you're still making a quality show. We appreciate that very much, more we're, than you know. We're trying really hard to bring you some great stuff, some inspiring interviews, or just... Oh, memories or great places once you get to travel again. Exactly. Yeah. And while this is a little bit closer to home for us, this is actually a great place for people who might be coming down for a destination to Southwest Florida. Yeah. And it Punta, has grown into that. Punta Gorda has over the last, I want to say 20 years. Yeah. Really exploded. Their downtown has become this just beautiful, quaint area with uh, a lot of yes. brick and I'm telling you. you know, an entertainment district that has a lot to offer in terms of yeah. dining, shopping, um, you know, other retail, you know, bars and restaurants. Just it's, it's. They even had a farmer's market going on when we were there. When we were there, yeah. And I just think that I grew up. Well, I spent a few years in the Punta Gorda area as a kid in mm-hmm. elementary school. And this has just built up in the time since I have been there. And it's an amazing little hidden gem. It really is. And we and it's kind of surprising we haven't explored it more because it's only about 40 minutes from us. We're, and we should. We're about two hours south of Tampa. So it's we about really, 35, 40 minutes up the road from us. And we really should. Yeah. Well, I think after this past weekend, we can safely say we'll be back. Yeah, because it gave us, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Lashley Park? I believe so. Lashley Park, if I mispronounce it, I apologize. But I just think that is a nice place by the water to get some miles in. Yeah, we had uh, we were looking for spots to do the run. If you were listening along last week and checked us out on uh, the Facebook Live and Instagram Live, I yeah. think we were alluding to trying to find a place to go this week to get our 5K in. Yeah, to make it different and special. And well, you know, I'd done some some training runs in the neighborhood, but I said let's let's go do something different. And yeah, we started. You know, getting out the the dusting off the old you know paper maps, and then you know. Oh really? Right. <laughs> the no. old the paper maps. No, no, okay. it, it was all Google Maps. But you know, so we started googling, looking, and and trying to find some cool places to go that would have you know some stuff kind of within driving distance, and you know, going up to Punta Gorda, we'd heard some really good things about some of the stuff going on there, and. We decided to check out this park right by the water. Yeah, and uh, you know that was that was for race day um, itself, the the day that we decided to do the five k. Mm-hmm. But I have an update. 
Oh, update us, please. Yeah. Um, you know, as you guys know, uh, we recently had our anniversary, and Amy got me this Garmin monster Garmin to, to f- try to figure out and keep up with her technology because she's got a Garmin too. And I spent my training this week, um, mm. my, my the first part of my training, just trying to figure out, number one, how to put a watch, you know, customize the watch face. So, oh, okay. uh, It took me a little while for that. Two, trying to figure out how to get the weather to update on it because it's not exactly um, as user-friendly, say, as an Apple Watch. Oh, okay. You know? Okay. But I was able to figure it out. You have to go to a website and download, like, an activation key and then plug that into the into the app itself uh, on your phone. Okay. Got that to work. And then I started learning how to do custom workouts on the watch and doing some of those. So basically my two training runs during the week were Mm. me trying to figure out my new gear. Uh And I was able to do that successfully. Okay. So yay me. I'm glad. (laughs) I'm glad you're liking your new technology. I have, I have scratched the surface of what this watch can do. And I plan on giving some some status updates as I get a little bit further. So right now I've mastered installing new watch faces, getting the, the weather to update. Charging the watch. Charging, yeah. syncing, all of that fun yeah. stuff. I, I have learned that if you are wanting to get good temperature data, mm-hmm. you there are two things you can do. You can either, like I said, you can enable the weather apps that are on the watch faces or you can use the ambient thermometer built into the watch to give you what your current temperature is right where you're you're Standing. currently located. Yeah. That's probably more useful than what the projected forecast is going to be for the town you're in. Probably. So pro tip. We look forward to more of these pro tip segments <laughs> brought to you by my co-host Dana. I'll do what I can. So <laughs> so yeah, so my, my <laughs> My two training runs ahead yeah. of this were basically just me figuring those out. So I did, um, I did a fifteen forty five, and I did a ten fifty. What ten fifty? Yeah, I did both of those. Got them programmed into the watch, made sure mm-hmm. that they were working, so the intervals work. And yeah. So for anybody who is new to the show, we are run walk runners. We follow the Jeff Galloway method. Yes. Of running, which is running some and then walking some and then running some, etc. So what you're saying is you have programmed in 15 seconds of running and 45 seconds of walking. Correct. Or 10 seconds of running, 50 seconds of walking. Correct. So far. I got those programmed in and I, well, I've done everything from a 555 to a 2040 because I'm getting... Oh, you're building them up. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting... I'm going to do get back on my 2040 kick, uh-huh. but I was just getting everything programmed in and I wanted to test them out and make sure because I did learn that as you're programming those into the watch and then like you, you get the the segments in and then you hit repeat, it doesn't keep the order you put them in into the watch. Mm. So I had, I thought I had them all done. I'm like, woohoo, head out to run. And then I start. And then all of a sudden it's, everything's like, I've got back to back. Oh, you didn't rearrange them. You didn't drag them around on the screen. Well, to, to I, I did the first segment and then I thought I could just repeat and keep repeating that. No, and no. it doesn't do that. No. 
So I had to go back kind of in the middle of my, my first run and fix yeah. that one and then get the other one fixed. But now that I know yeah. what to expect, it'll all be good. Yeah. Yeah. So did that. Um, the watch worked great. Good. The I, I'm kind of comparing. I've got, I kind of look like... Uh, you know, I, I've got um, two watches on, one on each wrist. I've You're Inspector the, Gadget. I am Inspector Gadget. And I'm I'm just trying to see, you know, like, what's the real difference in terms of accuracy? Because this, the Garmin's like the size of a hockey puck that you got me on my wrist. And it's got um, GPS, Galileo, and GLONASS, the three navigational systems available We're to it. We're geeking out right here. Well, I mean, it makes a difference depending on what part of the world you're in. Okay. Um so far, I'm they're pretty close. the The Apple Watch actually does a pretty respectable job, but um, in terms of battery life, this thing uh, the, the the Garmin seems to be really, you know, pulling ahead. And and I'm oh. I, and I've got everything turned on. I turned on sleep tracking. I turned on um, the pulse oximeter, mm-hmm. and it's tracking that all day long and all night long. So mm. I've got everything going full tilt. And it's still lasting me um, on a full charge over a week. Very nice. Or right at a week. Good battery life. Yeah, not bad for at you. That's what your assessment is. Yeah, given that I'm used to charging, charging my other one, you know, daily. We look forward to further reviews. It's coming. Yeah. Coming soon. Yeah. As I learn more. So, and then that led up yeah, to yeah. race day itself. Right, and this week I did. Two of the shorter maintenance runs, as Jeff calls them, during the week. The 30 to 45 minute Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, whenever you can fit them in, mm-hmm. every other day. And I I tried to do too much. Too much. Because my my little foot kind of pain has reemerged on the, on the ball of my right foot because I did speed work on Tuesday and on Thursday. And because I wanted to see if I was ready to step up from an eighth of a mile to the quarter mile speed, doing speed drills for that speed drills for that distance and trying to make it in a certain time and playing with the intervals to see what's going to get you there. Okay. Within a certain, within a given time frame that he asked me to, Try to accomplish. So you probably should have stuck with the eighth of a mile for this, this past week. And We're then... only done one speed work session. Gotcha. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So we're taking it a little easy this week. Icing and resting that mm-hmm. in your downtime. Yep. Not overdoing it. Nope. That led us to, of course, day three or the uh-huh. race day. Yes, race day, and that's when we went to Lashley Park up in Five Florida. Five K, baby! And this is a this is a waterfront park. They have um, an amphitheater yeah, with a nice a nice grassy area. They have a, a kids play area, mm-hmm. restrooms. Yeah. This is adjacent to a, a kind of an established restaurant that's been there for at least a good while that I'm yeah. aware of, like like twenty years. I don't know. Lashley Crab House, which is right on the water next to the uh, boat docks. Had never been there in my childhood, so. And they have these great, I guess the best way I could describe it is they, they have a um, uh, these lighted sidewalks, and mm. then they're, they're punctuated or broken up with boardwalks. Yes. 
that take you along and through the mangroves. Yes. Right along the water. Indeed, indeed. But then if you go the other direction, what I like is, you know, from from the crab house, then you encounter a way to do bridge work. Yes, if as you, you wanted to go across the bridge, could. As you just wanted to tease me about the entire time because you can see the bridge between Punta Gorda and Port Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, we go get bridge work in and this 5K. But there's also like a convenience store where if you needed to, you could stop and you could get something like like bottled water or. Yes. Yeah, if you needed to. And then there was a marina with some beautiful boats. And at the marina, they even had an ice cream shop if you really mm-hmm. needed to stop for something cold. Yeah. Actually, so. I think they also had coffee, as I recall, looking in their window. I believe you're correct. So we could have gotten caffeinated while we were there. What were we yeah, thinking? Yeah, I don't, you know. But <sighs> we had gotten caffeinated before we left, so we we're, did. we're okay. We're okay. But it's nice to know that there are resources there. And the we didn't go much towards the bridge to start. We... We went toward the mangrove side that you described. To start, yeah. Yeah. We basically did an out and back and kind of a short out and back Mm -hmm. in the other direction Yeah, um, for this race course. And this allowed us to kind of take everything in. Um, The first first leg being into that mangrove area. Which was about a mile out and a mile back, really. Yes, the majority of our run actually was was out that way. Mm Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, it absolutely, when I say it runs you right by the water, it runs you right by the water. And I honestly think that helped with the humidity. Oh, really? Well, I mean, when we were by the water versus in the mangrove. <laughs> well, yeah, there there is a distinction. Now, yeah. when we say that this also runs you through the mangroves, mm. it literally runs you in some segments through, through the mangrove on both sides of you. And they're, it's well shaded, so there's a bonus for that part. It's actually got a nice canopy. But during that part, that was the most humid portion of the run. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're not from Florida or you're not familiar with Florida, mangroves are basically a, it's a, it's a tree or a, a bush that grows right along the water and the salt water. And mm. they have these large, um, tendril-like roots. It almost that, looks like tangles. Yeah, that very much so. Like, would be almost impossible to walk through. Yeah. But they're they're protected mm-hmm. because they do such a great job at fighting off erosion during the large storms that we get here some, some seasons. Yeah. So having this park basically, you know, send you through these, these wetlands, you know, mm-hmm. where they've got the, the mangroves growing on both sides was really neat to see. It was cool. And then they had certain areas that would go right out to the water and they might have a bench where you could sit mm-hmm. if you need to adjust your shoe or, mm-hmm. um, you know, change your playlist or whatever you could. Sure. Or stretch. Yeah, you could stretch. And I've often, whenever we have a, a bench here in the neighborhood mm-hmm. on that on that one course here in the neighborhood, I would use that to stretch. So that's kind of nice Yeah, to have that. And then um, what I liked about it, too, was, you know, they have a, along the race course or along, along the, the path, it's paved, which is great. And yes. It was very nicely paved. Mm-hmm. There was signage that indicated not only what you're looking at in terms of the flora and the fauna, if you mm. want to check that out, 
You also had a map of the trail. That's true. That was available. That was good. And they had these lights along the path that were, they weren't on because we were running in the daytime. Right. But it would be very nice in the evening to have that lighted path. So these things mm-hmm. look like they projected light downward onto the path itself. Yeah. Just, I think if, if you were out there at night, I would say do bug spray. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Because I would think that would be ripe for mosquitoes. That would absolutely not be an be ideal tip. place for for a nighttime run. I don't yeah, think. I think early morning run is the way to go, and that's what we did. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely, because you you would get carried off by the mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was flat. There's no. We didn't do any portion of the bridge, although there is a part of the the path that will lead you to the bridge over yes. the big body of water. And I mean, you could technically get in some hill work. What oh, you I, could. What yeah. can I say? Yeah. Um, we, as we came back to our kind of our starting point, we went down into the marina, and we ended up going out to the bridge, mm. but not onto the bridge. Yeah, it Basically. was. We we kind of like uh, as the bridge went up, we kind of went off to the right, like an off ramp kind mm-hmm. of that yeah. took us directly out to the water. To out the, to the water. I guess you could call that the trailhead, you know, yeah. where at that point. Yeah. And they had a nice little picnic table and a gazebo yeah. where you could sit and rest or, you know, have lunch or whatever you might want to do. And then we turned around and came back mm-hmm. towards the towards the the, uh, the boats and we went out onto the pier. Which was very nice. And the pier is easily very, 100 yards long. Yeah, it was very active too. A lot of people fishing. A lot of people fishing. Yeah, a lot of families. So socially distanced and all that mm-hmm. business but one of one of the kids had a bb8 fishing pole which was cute very cute it was cute so so we finished up right there yeah. and basically by the time we got done we came out of the 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 um, boat dock area and we're right there at the park right mm-hmm. near where we, where we parked our car yeah again great there parking. Are, and there's public parking yes so you don't have to pay free public parking yep and um, you know, at that point we were ready to go and, yeah. you know, grab a bite to eat and find something to drink. Yes. But, you know, I mean, even though we don't have the medal. No, we don't. We Come on, Disney. earned the medal. We're going to get it eventually. I, I think everything is delayed this year. So. Yes. <laughs> but this was the 5K to honor Space Mountain. It was. And... Number one, that's one of my favorite classic rides. It's also yeah. one of my favorite coasters overall. I I love it because it's in the dark. It's indoors in the dark. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very nostalgic for me because my father and my sister would go on that. And I was just too, I was a big old scaredy cat when I was a kid. So I couldn't get you onto a roller coaster until you were in your 20s. The first one I went on was, I don't know, the Big Brother, the offshoot of Space Mountain, which was a rock and roller coaster. Yeah, and that's yeah. at um, Disney Hollywood Studios. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's, that's probably safe to say. I think that yeah. um, Space Mountain maybe technologically isn't yeah. the same mm-hmm. type of coaster but the no. inspiration where you're inside it's an indoor coaster mm-hmm. there's things projected on the walls it's in the dark it's in the dark 
Yeah. And when, when I was a kid, you know, all of that kind of fascinated me. I would wait in line in the, in the queue and then I would chicken out and my dad and my sister would go. So I can remember driving back to actually to our house in Punta Gorda and taking a box because we had recently moved and drawing on it the what the car the train what Mm -hmm. do you call it the car you call it the train for space mountain and like pretending like i was riding it and then vowing that when we went back i would go on it but i was just a big security cat as a kid i remember that i remember that and i think my parents may have pictures of me riding around in that makeshift space mountain car oh yeah too cute. Yeah, and that's what's on the metal. Yeah, the so. metal is actually has this really cool retro vibe to it that I, I love think it. is just a lot of fun. You, mm-hmm. you, it looks like the the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe not as not quite the same as the one you made for yourself. Oh but, no! You know, the car <laughs> is kind of swooping out out of the metal itself, and yeah. in the background is the. The building, which is Space Mountain. And some of the background is really like kind of the the starry background that you get when you're riding the attraction too. Yeah, the starscape. So, yeah, I love that. So I can't wait to get our hands on this. We're going to have to do live videos. And unbox them. And unbox them when we get them. Yeah, this will be... I think if you you like these classic rides, this, this old you know, historical Disney, Mm. these medals are are just going to scratch that itch for you. Yeah. So I really like that. That brought me back to some of my childhood when we lived in Punta Gorda, in fact. And I just, I have fond memories of Disney and can't wait to get my hands on that medal. All right, Disney, you're up. Let's go. Get them here. Yeah. Anytime now. Yeah. But meanwhile, while we're waiting for the medal, we should tell people as we continuously wait for the medal how we went to Leroy's Southern Kitchen and Bar for some awesome Southern sustenance. We did. And this is a spot that I've had f- several friends tell me about over the last couple of years, and we just never got the opportunity to get up there. And when we were decided that we were going to go run in Punta Gorda, I said, I mm. think I've got the place we should go check out based on friend recommendations. Yeah. And it didn't disappoint because I am a huge Southern food fan. And especially if yeah. you're going to have a day seven type meal where we're going to splurge a little bit. We're going to go off, um, off of plant-based and get some other stuff. You know, Southern cuisine is an, excellent way to do that yes and boy it you will not walk away disappointed and if you do it's i feel like it's your own fault yeah now the the building itself is on (laughs) it's on a corner Mm. it's just got a great look to it with a a white fire brick facade southern look when you walk inside there's just weathered and reclaimed wood everywhere Mm -hmm. which i think is just a neat look they had little pieces of americana here and there they also had some some uh barrel heads from Mm -hmm. different bourbons they had uh, like the buffalo trace buffalo statue yes and we're going to talk more about 
that in a few minutes as to why that might be important. Of course. But um, the thing you're immediately hit with is the smell of the food <sighs> when you walk in. A little bit of smokiness in there from smoked meats and just something just smells amazing when, you, when you walk in. southern goodness. So we ended up getting seated in our server, Crystal. She rock is incredible. Star. Absolute rock Incredible. Star. Yeah. Loved her from the start. She's like giving us recommendations. She's talking in detail about all the different dishes. And then when we had questions about particular spices and things that were in the dishes, she went to go ask and, and they would tell us what they could without divulging secrets yes. in their recipes. And I actually liked that. I yeah. was okay with that. Yeah. They were very so. very kind in the way that they basically said, pound sand, we're not telling you what's in our food. Like, yeah. But they did tell us a little bit. Yeah. So we started right away with a classic, but they put their own twist on it. We started with an appetizer of fried green tomatoes. Uh, which, when, you, when I see fried green tomatoes, and I'll get them if we're going out to eat someplace that's that's got more southern... A mm-hmm. Southern bent to it. Oh yeah, I, I have a certain expectation. Well, usually, I I would expect the same. I think we're on the same page that we would have the plate come out and it would be slices of fried green tomato. Yes, that are breaded either in cornmeal or some some version of breading. Usually, corn uh, cornmeal is probably one of my favorites. I I've, love it. I've seen it done with seasoned flour. Yeah, uh, there's a place in Saint Petersburg that we haven't had on the show that I've been to with my mom mm-hmm. that is fantastic. And mm. they do some pretty killer fried green tomatoes. But okay. these were unique. Yeah, because they weren't slices. They were wedges. They were wedges. I've yeah. never seen a place do wedges. So basically they're doing these cornmeal breaded fried green tomato wedges. Like they're in quarters. They've cut the... The tomato in quarters. Then. Smaller right? tomatoes. Right, yeah. yeah. They use smaller tomatoes. Mm-hmm. They cut them into quarters. And when they're they're breaded like that with the cornmeal breading, mm. they're almost a nugget. Yeah. Is the way you have yeah. to kind of treat them. Mm-hmm. And the reason I love cornmeal breading on them is, of course, flavor, but texture. Yeah, the texture's so good. I think that you get a certain crunchiness and bite to a cornmeal breaded fried green tomato. A corn grain going through there that you don't get with just a flour breading. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that it holds up a little bit better because a a tomato is basically just this little pocket of moisture. Yeah. And, of course, you've cooked it Mm -hmm. so that moisture is, is turning to steam on the inside. It's expanding a little bit. And if it doesn't hold up to that, you end up with a mush on the exterior. Oh, when the breading falls off. When the breading falls off. Yeah. We didn't have that problem. This was magical. It came out super hot, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. Those came right out of the fryer to us. So you got to be careful. Just be careful with it is all I'm saying. And, I mean, we got this fondue. Blue cheese and bacon fondue. That's the dipping sauce that mm. comes with these. Mm. And 
what I expected in reading this when I saw it on the menu. I thought, okay, they're going to have like a blue cheese dressing and... They're going to throw bacon in it. Or some bacon Something. No. This was legitimately a warm warm fondue that was made with blue cheese and bacon. And it was was certainly a thinner consistency than than a dressing right would be but it's exactly what i would expect from a cheese fondue oh and it was warm and it was tangy and it was smoky from the bacon and it had that bite from the blue cheese which was perfect i Mm. think that um fried green tomatoes have this natural tartness to them they do that pairs really well with blue cheese or more commonly goat cheese Oh, yeah. You see that a lot. But this, this was so great. It was tart. It was a, a little bit of sweetness and tanginess and crunchy. All of the different textures and flavors just work so well together. Ugh. It's pretty rare that I can say that a place has created the perfect appetizer and I'm bragging on this one so much right now I, I'm, I'm not overselling it when I say this now if you, if you don't like fried green tomatoes and you come mm-hmm. down and try it and you go no it yeah. wasn't very good it tastes like a fried green tomato well of course right. it's a fried green tomato yeah but this had like you said it hit every component you're looking all for all the notes yeah and texturally it was just Everything you could want, crunchy, creamy, salty, smoky, touch of sweet. Magic. Tang- yeah, just. Magic. And for $9. Yeah. I mean, they're not skimping out. It's not like one tomato in there. No, it was I, like a basket was like of a, them. It was like a bowl full of magic. Yeah, and it was just. big enough for two people to share. But if you yeah. if you wanted, like if you were going with a smaller entree, you could get one of your own. Sure. But I don't know that they sell smaller entrees. Mm, I think we didn't Southern. Find, we didn't order smaller entrees. Well, Southern hospitality demands demands large portions. Large portions, and this place has large portions. Now, I for weeks have been hounding Dana about getting a steak. Yeah, uh, every time a, it would be time for our day seven when we decide we're going to go off of plant-based and, and do something for the show, she's like, ah, Steak. You know, Let's, yeah, yes. Where can I get a steak? Specifically, yes. a ribeye. Oh, I love ribeye. She's picky. I love ribeye because it has that combination of meat and fat, and it just, uh, I, oh, so... When we went to the menu, and at the bottom of the menu, it said, hey, we're going to do a bone-in ribeye. Bone-in when they are when they are on the bone, and they are just... Oh. Cooking a steak. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just drooling well, a no, little. Cooking the steak bone-in, that, that preserves some of the moisture in the, the steak. The juiciness and the flavor, the meaty flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they'll do a 36 or a 48 ounce. And so I got the 36 and ended up taking a large portion home. But, and you get a choice of two sides. And there are so many wonderful sides to choose from. I got collard greens and and Anson Mill grits. 
With cheese. With cheese. And I am just, I'm telling you, that steak was charred to perfection. Yeah, one mm. thing that I liked uh, on the Cooked pre- to, to your order, to your liking. The picture of this is in the episode artwork. Yes. I would say check it out. Yes. The what I loved about this when they brought it out was seeing the char and then when I uh, you cut a piece for me, I mm. could hear it. Oh. You were breaking through an exterior crust. crust yeah. So they were using from what I could tell, they were using a little bit of coarse salt, black pepper and heat. Basically yes. to create the crust on the steak. Yes. And then they topped it. You had a, a topping on the steak, which was just a little bit of chopped raw garlic and butter. Correct? Yeah, with some herbs. I think there was some parsley in there. Okay. But, uh, and the, the, the garlic in the butter was like raw garlic. Yes. Not cooked or roasted garlic yet. So, I mean... It was melt-in-your-mouth magic as far as this ribeye was concerned. You get, Of course, you get the crunchy crust like you talked about, but the meat inside was tender and delicious. If you're doing steak, I, I think there are certain things that you've got to do and do right. And ribeye is a steak that, because of the higher fat content, it mm. holds up to that high heat cooking. Yep. And I don't think you can do a good ribeye without that. I think oh, you, so you've good. got to get the sear and the char on the outside mm. for it to be as good as it can be. And it was so divine. Yeah, I, I was impressed. She let yeah. me have several bites of it, yeah. and there was plenty of the steak to go around. Oh. Um, you, you had it for lunch and for dinner, mm-hmm. and you let me have bites both times. Yep. And it was incredible. The the grits with the cheese, they, you know how some are finer? This was a coarse grit. We've had Anson Mills grits before. They are, I believe, uh, an organic grit. Mm. They, they um, mill them to order when mm-hmm. the restaurants get them. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to be coarser in their grind. Oh. It's almost like, a, like the difference between getting steel cut oatmeal versus like quick oats. That's a good comparison. Yes. You still have some texture in those grits Mm. and these were not soupy by any stretch. No, they were thick and rich. And, uh, Crystal said here, I'm going to give you some butter so you, you can see it melt down in the grits and it's just, so you could create just, the perfect creamy, crusty with the cheese kind of bite. Well, what I liked about the way that they served your grits was they also, instead of just mixing cheese into the grits, what they did was they topped them and then they threw them under the salamander to to melt that and basically create that. um, The best thing I could describe it would be like a, um, like a shepherd's pie Uh type crust out of the cheese. Yeah. Yeah. It was was so great. And the collard greens that those were not small leaves. Oh no. Those were huge and they had These were fresh cut. Smoky, fresh cut, vinegary goodness. Yeah, uh, collards um, it's it's a it's a really hearty bitter green that does need to be treated properly and those mm. are best prepared I think and and the chef here seems to agree you have to have a little bit of 
vinegar mm-hmm. yes. in them. Yeah. And that's partly for flavor to cut down on the bitterness. It's also partly sure. for that acid to help break down the, the, the green itself. Mm-hmm. And then cooking it. substantial <clears throat> stems. Yeah. And, okay. then, and then cooking that with um, enough time mm-hmm. to let those leaves really soften. Oh, and they did. And it was just like the perfect counterpoint to the richness in the meat and the creaminess of the grits. So, I mean, if you don't like collard greens or grits, you can get mashed potatoes and gravy. You can get black-eyed peas. You can get cornbread on the side. It's a cornucopia of just, it, it's it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. So Absolutely. I would get it again in a heartbeat. I'm really curious about, they had a, an appetizer, a bone marrow appetizer that I want to go back and split with you. That'll be on another yeah. day seven. Yeah. So, but that'll, that'll, you. That'll have to be after a, like a, a much longer run. You, I think, you had an amazing dish. So creative. I did, and, and, and this was something that I really wasn't expecting, but it, the description jumped out at me, and I was just super curious, and I said, what the heck, I'm going to go for it. And this was their pork and pancakes. So <sighs> on their menu, they have chicken and waffles. So seeing them have chicken and waffles and then pork and pancakes, I was like, pourquoi? <laughs> what is this? And she says, "Oh, you're you'll love it. You know, this is sweet corn pancakes. We serve it with a side of collard greens and the pulled pork and our house-made hot sauce." Mm. I said, "Sold. Send it send it here." The it comes out, I've got this stack of pancakes, this pile of it was 6 to 8 ounces of pulled pork. Oh, this ramekin of their of their hot sauce which mm-hmm. looked like a very deep red spicy um ketchup in mm-hmm. terms of the consistency yeah and a side of the collard greens and <sighs> i'm looking at this when it comes out and i'm like okay how do i best tackle this and she she i could, think she crystal could, could tell. clearly see she, that hey uh, i was not the first person to ever have that thought when they ordered of this course. B, she could read my mind she goes best way to do that is treat it like tacos. And that's exactly what I did. Mm. I basically made tacos from the pancakes. Wow. Those were my shells. Mm. Filled each one with plenty of meat. I had so much of this pulled pork. They didn't skimp. You know, I topped that with the collards, which had that vinegar mm-hmm. that we just talked about. Because oh, you so had good. the same side. Mm. And then that house-made hot sauce that they did was so good. Yeah, it wasn't too hot, Mm-mm. but it had it had a, a kind of a sweet heat. the The closest thing I could describe would be a, like a, a sweet heat barbecue sauce, but oh, with, yeah, but without the smoky flavor of barbecue sauce. Mm, yeah, accurate. Didn't have as much of the molasses or the brown sugar, mm. um, but it was oh, it's fantastic. So you put all those items together, and you know you're getting the the and, and I tasted tasted everything on its own, mm. um, but everything together, you were just getting this complete bite. You know these sweet corn pancakes. You know that had the the breadiness and the sweetness. You had the the firmness of the collards with the bitter and tartness from the greens themselves, as well as the the vinegar they were cooked in, mm. and then 
that hot sauce just topped it off, giving <sighs> you just a little bit of a little bit of a warming afterburn. And oh, let me tell you, as I was tasting the components by themselves, the thing that really jumped out to me was their sweet corn pancake. So good. It it had that that flavor that that corn flavor but then there was a hint of something else in there and this is the thing i went and i said hey i'm detecting something here that's a little bit reminiscent of curry yeah so i I wasn't really sure if it was um you know a little bit of turmeric or you know some something in there and all they would tell me is that there was some blackening spice added that's That's all they would say that's it so yeah. I, I didn't get blackening spice. Like no. That would have been the first flavor that came to mind. No. But regardless, the flavor, I, I would just take a stack of those pancakes. Oh, gosh, yes. Throw, throw those pancakes with maybe a little bit of, uh, of, of bourbon maple syrup oh. and leave me alone. Mm. But their pulled pork, what I really liked about it was it wasn't really smoky. They no. they really instead of trying to you know blow your doors off and give you this barbecue um, smoked flavor they instead wanted to just celebrate and really bring out the the richness of the pork. It was it's it was really rich. It was tender. Tender, but then there were some bits in there that were also very crispy. Yeah. And it just had a great texture on the nice balance in the taco, yeah. <laughs> that I was nice making balance. Uh, some of the best pulled pork I've had in a long time. Yeah, yeah. But the piece de resistance oh. Oh. was how we ended the meal. Oh, and I thought it was adorable because we said we're going to order one to share, mm-hmm. and it arrives and it's served in a big mason jar, and that is their banana cream pudding. It was huge. It was a huge mason jar. It's not like one of those little ones that they sell in flats at the supermarket. No, not at all. No, no, no. No, no, no. It had the pudding itself, whipped cream. I mean, all I can remember to call them is vanilla wafers. Yeah, they they had uh, vanilla wafer cookies inside then they, they basically created a Napoleon inside of this mason jar. Oh. And you had... And bananas. Yeah, fresh slices of banana. Yeah. They clearly whipped some whipped cream into the pudding itself. In addition to topping so it, it with a, the whipped cream. It had almost a banana mousse consistency. It was delightful yeah it tasted like childhood it did it brought me back to my mother making those pies with vanilla wafers Mm -hmm. and just i mean it was so great and it was huge yeah oh we we definitely yeah we took some we didn't run off all of our calories on this day and that's okay no we did not we racked them up for a future Running long run this some, week, something, something. I don't know, but <laughs> but I felt like that. I just that southern meal I wanted to share with everybody in my family and in your family yeah. because we have such southern roots. And this is the type of food that uh, that I came up on that you came <sighs> up on. This is yeah. just yeah made you feel good. Mm-hmm. 
the service was great. And, you know, while we were also there, we're watching other people's food come out. There wasn't a small dish that came out. No. Everything coming out of the kitchen looked incredible. And I want to go back to try their brunch. I guess they do a Sunday brunch. Yes. And it, it just looks incredible. It really does. Cajun biscuits and gravy, all kinds of Benedicts. And they have skillets, too. I want to go back and I want to explore this menu further and the brunch menu for sure. But before we go on, we want to say thank you to everybody who's headed over to our new Patreon page to help us keep the lights on here at the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Yes, we cannot thank you enough. There are several different ways to support the show. You just, you support the show for free by listening and downloading to our our podcast and it will always be free but some of you have subscribed to the patreon some people have purchased runny drink podcast apparel from our friends at pure creative apparel some people leave reviews on apple podcasts to help grow our runcation nation but we've had a lot of runners when we were able to travel mm-hmm. and we were in the running community and they're like, tell us what you do or are they recognize us from our shirts? And they say, you know, we, we want to support you long-term because we love taking you along on a long run. We love listening to you on the commute in the car. How can we make sure that you keep going? And so we've introduced this Patreon at patreon.com slash runny drink podcast. And we've introduced different levels. So you give a little, you you give a lot, and there are special perks at the $2, $5, and $10 levels. And I know it's going to sound crazy. $2 a month, that's not going to make a drop in the bucket. But it does. It absolutely does. This woman has got a coffee habit like you wouldn't believe i do and if all of you just buy her a (laughs) cup of coffee a month you're going to be not only saving the show but perhaps our marriage so he jokes about that two dollar level supporting my coffee habit but really it it supports our bandwidth feed uh, fees it supports our hosting hosting our website It, it supports all of our equipment and so much more and we have goals um that we've said internally, we want to be able to grow and bring you guys new stuff. And mm. eventually, when all of this stuff is over and people are back to traveling, we're going to be back out there accomplishing, exploring, and indulging across this country and bringing it to you. And that's because of you. And your sponsorship and patronage is what's going to make that possible. So head on over to patreon.com slash runny drink podcast. And for those of you listening in Podbean, mm. just look at our main podcast page at the top. You're going to see a button that says become a patron. All the same levels are set up right there. Mm-hmm. Choose the one that's right for you. And yeah. we cannot thank you guys enough for your support. We had some fine outstanding amazing there are so many descriptors for this southern cuisine that we enjoyed at Leroy's Southern Kitchen and Bar but they are a bourbon bar and that was something that we didn't know until we arrived because you walk in and there's a wall of bourbon a wall of all kinds of bourbon and they have everything from the 
very common stuff that you might find with a, a white label and some black lettering mm. all the way up to, <laughs> I believe, yeah. uh, Pappy Van Winkle at $250 Jeez, yeah. a shot. That would be like finishing a marathon kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. But they they use all of these bourbons, and they also have a ton of other spirits. So if you're not a bourbon drinker, you you can you can still have a nice cocktail. Yes, and by the way, their selection of Florida craft beers Amazing. was fantastic. They were doing yeah. everything. Um, a lot of the major Florida breweries that we've actually featured here on the show and some stuff that was very, very local, including things like Isla Mirada, Fort Myers Brewing, Big mm. Storm Brewing, uh, and that's just to name a few. Yeah, they were, uh, and it was a variety of styles as well. It could be a refreshing lager or a stout or an IPA. They had plenty of variety on that menu. But we're going to talk about something from the cocktail menu that was so unique and so Southern that we had to get one. So they're a bourbon bar, and they will do several different versions of an old-fashioned as one would expect. Bourbon-based cocktail. Usually you see it with uh, muddled cherry and orange. So with a splash of seltzer water. Perhaps in some versions. So there are several different versions on this menu. But when Crystal said, we have a cornbread old-fashioned, that is something that I have never heard before. And when we tell you what they do to make it, you'll understand why. It's infused Tennessee whiskey, chocolate bitters, simple syrup. Infused, we say. With what? Cornbread. Of course. Hence the name. So they take Tennessee whiskey and they submerge fresh cooked cornbread Mm. into it and let it sit. Oh my gosh. And so all that flavor gets extracted and into the liquid and then they take it, they sift it, and then they strain the cornbread solids and then squeeze them out to get all that liquid out. And that becomes the base liquor for this old fashioned. And I just can't tell you it. A lot of different bourbons will have uh, a warming or a burning effect, even in an old fashioned when you drink. Yes. Afterburn. Afterburn. Depending on the on the bourbon that they use, yes. Mm-hmm. But what they did to this, it provided its own method of sweetening, so they probably didn't need to use nearly as much simple syrup. Mm-hmm. And there was, that warming quality became a, a very mild cinnamon flavor on the back end. Hmm. cornbread richness in the in the drink itself and it, it was just magical it wasn't it wasn't super thick it was still the same consistency as you would see an old fashioned and it was served with uh, a huge singular ice cube yes and it was just it was matt who knew <laughs> Yeah, let's just infuse some whiskey with by soaking some cornbread. Well, 
And I'm not 100% convinced that for this particular one that they used a bourbon because they do call it Tennessee whiskey. whiskey. So that tells me this might be a little heavier on the rye. Oh, you think? And then by infusing it with cornbread, you end up balancing that out, which might be why you didn't get any of that afterburn. That's my guess. I'm an idiot. But no, because remember, they're very secretive about their recipes. Well, okay. So that's my guess if I were betting man, but in the end, it doesn't matter because it's (sighs) just amazing. And you do get this sweetness that might be attributable some to that simple syrup, but you also get that corn, that hint of the corn from the cornbread. You do, you do. That... When you close Almost. your eyes, you could see the cornbread. Yeah. Mm. And, and I, I don't know, there's, there's different styles of cornbread. You can get a cornbread that's not very sweet. Oh, yeah. This, I, I got the impression, was a sweeter cornbread that they used in, I the, think so. in the mix. Yeah, because this was a sweeter kind of drink without being sugary sweet. Yes. If that... If that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. It makes sense to Danny. That was our dog. You heard shaking in the background there. Oh, baby. So I I, I think this was such a unique and fun thing that just screamed Southern. Yes. And I want to go back because they have several different iterations of old fashions. They did. They had uh, a maple bacon old fashioned that looked really interesting. That it was uh, a bacon, bourbon, orange bitters, and maple syrup. They have a smoking old fashioned with Eagle Rare bourbon, bourbon barrel bitters, and maraschino liqueur. And then they have Manhattans. They, it, it is endless. And like we said, they have other spirits in their cocktails you know they have a vodka cocktail they have the ask the wife that's kettle one (laughs) botanical cucumber and mint lemon juice simple syrup muddled cucumber and mint so they're not exclusively bourbon and whiskey but but that's where their strength lies that that is where their variety is that's where they that's their little their playground then they have uh i just I think if we were up there and we had a designated driver or we Ubered, we lifted something, or we were going to stay with friends, family, something, we could have several different cocktails from the menu and not be disappointed at all. No, no. And I think that if you were doing this over the space of, you know. Hours. Two or three hours. Oh, they have an apricot rye Manhattan. I'm sorry. (laughs) She's looking at the menu as we speak. Yeah, if you're doing this over the course of several hours and you're not driving, this would be an amazing place to go for a post-race celebration. Mm -hmm. You are close enough here. If you were doing something like the Skyway 10K up in St. Pete, you could drive down. It would only take you about an hour to get get there. That would be a fantastic option. Mm -hmm. Or if you were coming down for, say, the Naples Half Marathon. Oh, true enough. You know, if you're looking to get in that Boston Qualifier uh, down here in Florida, um, this would be a great option for people. Or if FGCU hosts their their half marathon that uh, they started not this past March, but the March before they had the inaugural. And then, of course, everything happened. So right. that would be another one. Yeah. So there's plenty of excuses mm-hmm. that we're going to, pr- we're providing you. We to are. Get you down here to we Southwest are. Florida. It's true. 
And if you do that, let us know that you're in the neighborhood. Yeah. We'd love to join you. To join you, come cheer you on, whatever. And toast with a fabulous cocktail and some great food from Leroy's Southern Kitchen and Bar. So that it concludes the running, the eating, and the drinking for this week. We earned the medal. We if did it, it ever gets here, I'm going to celebrate by wearing it around. We are. We're going to wear it. And Leroy's Southern Kitchen in Punta Gorda, Florida was absolutely fantastic. Thank you to for, Crystal and everybody there. Yes. Crystal is a rock star yes. server. Yes. So if you get her, she'll treat you right. Ask for her. So what's coming up? Well, we have a, a longer run this coming weekend. Okay. So it's a it's a training run. How long? Nine and a half. Okay. Well, that, that will give me something to play around with yeah. um, with the intervals on the new watch. Yeah. I, my understanding is that I can change up my intervals mid-run without messing up my run. You so can. I'm going to try to figure out how to do that. Yes. I might know somebody who can help me with that. I may be able to help you. <laughs> I may be able to help you, yes. So... Mm. I'm excited to learn how to do that. So that kind of does it for this week's episode. And we can't thank you guys enough for sticking around. If you love what you hear and you want to help us keep the lights on, don't forget you can become a patron and support the show. There are multiple patronage levels from $2 to $10, and each has their own special perks. Find out more over at patreon.com slash Podcast. Or if you're a Podbean user, like we said earlier in the show, you can click on the Become a Patron at the top of our podcast page in the, in the podcast app. Or you can go to patron.podbean.com slash running drink podcast. Thank you for joining us on your long run, your commute to work or around the house or wherever you are. We're so glad that you join us every week. So for now, I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Stay safe, stay well, and we will talk to you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.